So it's been about one year, one year since this global pandemic has begun. It's amazing. I always say that it has been one of the longest periods of my life, but also one of the fastest because the years just flew by, flew by. And how many people unfortunately lost jobs during the time of this global pandemic? How many people have fallen into economic depression because of they lost their jobs? How many natural disasters have occurred throughout the whole year 2020? I remember wildfires that were occurring in Australia, you know, Australia, it's on the Southern Hemisphere. So while we were having our, our winter and our, our spring, they were having their summers. I remember the, the Amazonian and the Brazilian wildfires, also the wildfires that occurs every year in the Western United States. I remember a lot of powerful hurricanes, very, very powerful hurricanes, typhoons that ravaged this 2020 hurricane season. A lot of earthquakes, a lot of earthquakes all across the world occurred in the year 2020. You see, with the natural disasters, there was a lot of, there wasn't just, you know, we always have natural disasters, but throughout the year 2020, we definitely saw an, in, an increase in intensity and frequency with natural disasters. We also saw in the year of 2020, a lot of social and civil unrest all across the United States and all across the world. So many, so many acts of injustices that just occurred and it seemed it was reaching a peak in 2020. All you would hear about the news, all you would see out in communities, so many, so many people going out and speaking their truth that's going on within their communities. We saw so many injustices with things in regards to like police brutality. And we also saw in the year 2020, a highly polarized political climate here in the United States, especially at the federal level. We all know the elections of 2020 and how much it polarized so many of us in, the, in our communities. But also in the year 2020, I saw a lot of spiritual growth amongst many Christians, amongst many people who were not Christians before 2020. I also saw a lot of people who and neglected to continue on their faith because of the things that were occurring on in the year 2020. Even within our own church, within the global Seventh-day Adventist church here on earth, there were so many changes. So many churches did not have an online presence, but 2020 had to force them into having an online presence. So many churches had to close down. You know, we obviously were here in the sanctuary and we praise God for that, but we have to wear our mask. So many churches still today have not opened since last year. So, so many, so many different changes. We just had to adapt to the times in which we're living. One of the things that I definitely miss for sure is potluck at church and being able, not just to be able to eat so many different foods, but to share with our brothers and sisters that we don't often always have the time throughout the week. Social distancing, even when it, within the church, has been so different as we're so used to, at least I am hugging and you know being abrasive with people once we see them here at church. So many people have asked, when will this all end? 
Will, they, will there be a soon coming time in which all this chaos, all this upheaval will end? Well, if we have our Bibles, I hope and pray that we have our Bibles here. If we turn to the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew chapter 24, book of Matthew, turn to chapter 24, and we're going to be reading verses 7 and 8. Say amen. If you have the verse and praise God, yes, we do. So Matthew chapter 24, verses 7 and 8 reads, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. The Bible, or Jesus woman speaking here, is very clear that these events are just the beginning of sorrows. So what are we to do? as these things get worse, to the point that it's the worst part in Earth's history that Earth has ever seen, as described in Daniel chapter 12, verses 1, as the time of trouble. As SDA Christians, we have been called by God to do a special work here on Earth as we approach the closing scenes of Earth's history, just before Jesus returns. During these perilous times, we can be discouraged when attack after attack, calamity after calamity, unloving act after unloving act, spiritual warfare after spiritual warfare, we face each of these things can bring us down, especially us as the youth of the church. The future of the church, we must stand up for Jesus and be separate from the world. You see, the world has an image in which it reflects daily. That is the image of the deceiver, or Satan himself. But God calls us, the youth, the adults, child, elderly, all of us, to reflect his holy image. Today's scripture is found in the book of Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Amen? Praise God. And the word of the Lord reads, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what it is good and acceptable and perfect, the will of God. Amen. God is calling us, the youth especially, daily to present our bodies in every single way, a living, holy sacrifice unto God's standards and not man's. And the way we do this is not by conforming to this world and its standards and its ways. The world's standard is sin, but God calls us to not conform to this world or to sin. Jesus said in Luke chapter 18, verse 8, in Luke chapter 18, verse 8, he just finished giving this wonderful, wonderful parable. And at the very end, he asked this question to those who were listening to him. And he asks that same exact question to each and every single one of us today. In Luke chapter 18, verse 8, Jesus tells us each and every single one of us here today, nevertheless, when the Son of Man, or himself, when he returns, when he cometh, 
shall he find faith on earth? We read over and over in the word of God, who shall be able to stand on the great day of the Lord? And Jesus is telling us, when the son of man cometh, when I return for the second time in glory and power, shall I or Jesus find faith here on earth? In the perilous times in which we're facing, in these perilous times in which we will face that are ahead of us, Jesus tells us we need faith, but not just in Jesus, but the faith of Jesus. Let's take a look at six practical ways where we can daily obtain not just faith in Jesus, but the faith of Jesus. Now, many of you may say, oh, I know all of these things. But honestly, we must ask ourselves, do we daily practice these things to get closer and closer to our love and Savior, Jesus Christ? Number one, spend as much time in the Word of God. How many of us, be honest, have read the Bible for five, ten minutes a day? Oh, I read my Bible today, and you go about your business. Jesus tells us in John chapter 5, Verse 39, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are which testify of me. Jesus is inviting us to search the word because the word testify of Jesus. The word gets us closer to Jesus. Jesus also tells us through David in Psalms 34, verse 8, all taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Do you want to come and you want to see how good the Lord is? Through the word of God, through daily devotionals, as much as we possibly can, we can become closer to the Lord and seeing how truly he, good he really is because the word testifies of the Lord. So number one, word of God. Amen. Who wants to do that? Praise, praise God for those who are not seeing. People are raising their hands. Also in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. How many are physically hungry today? I'm hungry as well too. The Lord tells us, and he was quoting the book of Deuteronomy chapter 4. The Lord tells us in Matthew verses, chapter 4, verse 4. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When we're going about our daily business, us as youth, when we're in school, when we're at work, anywhere where we may be on this earth, we must always know that we will not live just by the physical food, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God through his holy word is what will help us to keep on moving through. Amen. Number two, number two, it is prayer. As much as we possibly can, youth SDA Christians, we must spend as much time as we can in prayer. A day for a Christian without prayer is like being alive without breathing, essentially. A life for a Christian without prayer is a life without power. This was said by Martin Luther, the great reformer. You see, we must pray and have an intimate, special time with our Lord Daily, not just in public prayer, but secret, intimate prayer with God daily. Jesus himself tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, he says, 
But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Praise God. That it is through prayer that God will give us the strength to resist temptations, to go on about our business in our daily lives. So number one, spend as much time in the word of God, seeing truly who Jesus is. Number two, speaking with our heavenly father. Jesus knows every single thing in which we're going through, but he wants us to come to him as a best friend and speak to him that which is upon our hearts and he will surely reward thee as his word says. Number three, act or take a step out in faith. The book of James chapter 2 verse 20 tells us that faith without works is dead. You see, we must act on the faith that we have. We must not wait, as was said earlier, until the obstacles are removed, but move or act by faith. Jesus came to the disciples one night while they were rowing against the winds on the waves of Galilee. And Jesus began to walk on water. Peter sees Jesus and he says, Lord, if that be you, may I come into the water? Jesus says, come. You see, Peter had to take that first step of faith in the security of the water and enter into the storm of the water. When he did this, when he took that step of faith, he was able to do the impossible. He was able to walk on water. The power of God was seen there, right then and there in the life of Peter. And he received victory by what? Stepping out in faith. As long as Peter kept his eyes solely on Jesus, not on anyone else, not on anything else, no distraction would impede his ability to do the impossible in the storm in which he was facing. But at some point, unfortunately, Peter took his eyes off Jesus, seeing the crashing waves and the fierce winds, and so his faith began to diminish, and so he began to sink. In our lives, as we encounter storms everywhere, the question is, are we solely keeping our eyes on Jesus, as the wonderful hymn tells us, when we take our eyes off Jesus during these storms, during these trials and tribulations in which we are facing, the same thing can happen to us. We can sink into depression. We can sink into the lowest parts of our spirituality. But praise God, because God does not leave us there. As Peter began to sink into the waves of Galilee, Jesus came and he saved Peter. Jesus can do the same thing exactly exact for us. It doesn't matter how low you've gone in your life, how everything seems so doom and gloom, Jesus can come and rescue you from the depths of whatever valley you face. So number one, once again, spend as much time in the word of God. Number two, spend as much time in prayer, communicating with your Lord. Number three, take that step of faith. We cannot just say we believe in Jesus, but our actions do not show. Take, take that step in faith. I'm remembered of a story of a small church where for two, three weeks, they had not seen no rain. And many of the congregants lived directly off of the food the land produced. So the pastor called everyone to come into the local church so they can all gather and pray 
that God will bring rain so they're able to grow their food. As everyone came that day, they all gathered at the, at the front of the, of the sanctuary. They all got their hands together and they realized that one person was missing. There was one elderly gentleman. He was at the back of the church and they asked him to come. As he walked and all of the congregants are seeing this elderly man, he has an umbrella in his hand. And everyone is wondering, why does he have an umbrella if there's no forecast in the rain? And this, this gentleman says, why will I pray to my God for him to bring rain and not bring my umbrella to expect the rain? You see, my brothers and sisters, we must take a step of faith and act in our faith in whatever way in which the Lord instructs us to do so. Number four, number four is be patient and long-suffering. Who likes to wait on things? Nobody does. I am definitely not a fan of waiting for things. But the word of the Lord tells us that a fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. If you read Galatians 5, and verse 23, one of the fruits of the Spirit is long-suffering. You see, Jesus calls us to be patient, to remain trusting in him, and waiting on him no matter what. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, what's the point of the trials that we face? What's the point of the tribulations? Why? I'm a Christian. Why am I facing all of these hardships? Well, in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, it tells us, we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. So God is trying to teach me, no matter how old I am, no matter how many years I have in the church, God is trying to teach me patience. God is trying to teach me long-suffering. You see, these were the characteristics, the qualities that Jesus had. Jesus wants to reflect his character, his image. So we must wait on the Lord, no matter how small or how big the situation is. We are meant to have patience. Even the word of the Lord tells us, in Revelation chapter 14, verse 12, Revelation chapter 14, verse 12, probably my favorite verse of the Bible. The beginning reads, here are the patience of the saints, the patience. So saints have a particular quality. They're patient. They are enduring hard, difficult times in their life. And irregardless of what they're facing, they have a quality that helps them endure in which they're facing. And that is patience. So again, number four is in things that life brings us, the things that Satan or life in itself brings us, we must have patience or long suffering that the Holy Spirit is willing to give to each and every single one of us. Number five, number five, associate yourself. Listen up, youth of the church. Associate yourself with faithful people. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 reads, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You want your faith to increase, right? Of course we do. So associate yourself with people of faith. Now, I don't mean that we should not associate with non-believers. Of course not. But there's a saying in Spanish that basically says, show me who you're with most of the time, and I'll pretty much tell you who you are. You see, 
as human beings, we have these characteristics, these, these tendencies to rub off characteristics on one of another. So if you have people who want to do wrong things, that will most likely rub off on you or vice versa. It should definitely always be the other way around. We should always be reflecting God's character in order to affect those in which we surround ourselves with, to positively affect them of the way of the Lord. Even Paul himself tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. So Paul tells us to follow him. Why? Because he follows Christ. Jesus tells us in Matthew 15, 14, Jesus said, leave them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall in a ditch. Follow those who know where they are going. Those who have faith in the Lord. You see, doubt questions who believes, but faith answers I. You ought to be positive to have faith. Be aware of those around you who do not have faith and who want to bring your faith down. A man came to Jesus asking him to heal his daughter. So Jesus went to her and on the way to heal the daughter, some messengers came and told Jesus, don't trouble the master because the daughter has already died. Jesus heard this and said, do not be afraid. Don't let your faith be discouraged. Jesus goes into the house and then he permits no one to go in with him in the house except for Peter, James, and John. They saw people crying and weeping loudly for this girl who just passed away. And Jesus said, why are you making all of this commotion for this child is not dead, but asleep. They ridiculed him, saying she's dead. Jesus tells them all to leave the house. Wow, such a harsh thing for Jesus to take all these probably loved ones of this woman who just passed away, this little girl. He basically kicks them out of their own house. Why did Jesus do this? You see, all of those loved ones, except for Jesus and except for the disciples, they were doubting the power of God. Jesus could not work a miracle with those who was around him in which were lacking faith. There can be people around us who have good intentions, who can be friends, but they can ultimately be diminishing our faith because of their lack of faith. You see, faith can be contagious. So number one, study the word of God as much as possible. Number two, pray as much as possible. Number three, take a step or act out in faith. Number four, be patient and long-suffering within the trials and tribulations in which we face. Number five, associate yourself with faithful people for your faith to increase, and for you to increase the faith of others. And lastly, especially today on Global Youth Day, share your faith. How many of us, and I don't mean to pick on the older folks, but amongst the elderly say, oh, I don't need to go and preach out no more, you know. I don't need to do that, you know. I know the word, and the word is only for me. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, 
Let your light shine so forth before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's where? In heaven. Jesus wants us to literally be the hands and feet here on earth, attending to people's needs, just as Jesus did, spreading the love of God in every manner. Not only today in Global Youth Day, but every single day, no matter where we are, no matter what situation in which we face, Jesus literally wants us to show the love of God. A small act of a smile, opening the door, saying, God bless you. I'm here for you. I want to pray for you. Can I give you some food? Can I give you some water? Anything goes such a long way, especially in the times in which we are facing. So number one, study the word of God as much as possible. Number two, pray as much as possible. Speak with your heavenly father. Number three, take a step of faith. Act on your faith. Number four, be patient and long-suffering. Number five, associate yourself with faithful people. And number six, share your faith in any way, not just by word of, word of mouth, but in action, in, 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 the, in how you give into the necessities of people. I would like to end with a part, one of my favorite um, quotes from the Spirit of Prophecy found in the book Education, page 271. Again, this is the book entitled Education, page 271, and it reads, with such an army of workers as our youth, rightly trained, they might furnish how soon the message of a crucified, risen, and soon coming savior might be carried to the world. The spirit of prophecy is telling us that if we rightly train our youth, if we attend to their needs, if we give them the word of God, when they're rightly trained and rightly furnished, how soon this message can be preached all across the world of a crucified, risen, and soon coming savior Jesus himself said in Matthew 24, verse 14, that until this gospel is preached, then the end shall come. Let us, each one of us, do our part in spreading the gospel in every single way possible by, number one, giving good works, attending to those in their needs, and then giving them the gospel. Don't be discouraged in the trials in which we're facing, for we know that they will only get worse, as the Bible describes. But... Lift up thy head, for your redemption draws near. And always, always, always trust in the word of God. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, Jesus tells each and every single one of us, being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus will perfect his image in each and every single one of us. Just come to him wholeheartedly, daily. Deny yourself daily. Pick up your cross daily and follow the lamb wherever he goes. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father in heaven, once again, we glorify your holy name because you have allowed us, Father God, to be here thus far in our lives. We thank you so much, Father God, for the constant protection that you have for us, your children. We thank you so much, Father God, for your word, for it truly is a light into our path, Father God. It is shining, Father God, and destroying away the darkness in which encompasses our world. Father God, we just pray 
Father God, for this church, for the Westchester Church, all of the family members, Father God, all, each and every single person, all of their struggles in which they're facing, Father God. I pray, Father God, that they may know and feel your presence, that you have been with them thus far, and you will continue to be with them until the end of the age. Father God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you so much for Global Youth Day. And I pray that you be with this church and all the churches across the world, Father God, that you help not just the youth, but every member, all those who profess, Father God, to praise your holy name, Father God, to go out into the communities and show the world that there is another way, that there, there is a creator and there is a redeemer, Father God, who loves them so much that we, we can show them that we are willing to do each and every single thing, Father God, to show them that God truly loves them as he loves us. We thank you so much, Father God, and we pray that this, Father God, that this offering of a service is holy and acceptable unto your holy name. It is in Jesus' name we pray all these things.